Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Graveside. This is Carlo. Uh, I am the host. Or wait, how do I say that exactly? <laughs> I've, you, you should say like, I've got a bone to pick with you. <laughs> I'm getting grave reviews. <laughs> that still, it still makes me laugh. I, I, have either one of you seen that uh, Beavis and Butthead uh, clip? Yes. With the guy doing like the the unboxing of his skulls. Yes. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> just just for the crypt keeper riffs on there, man. Jesus. Uh, but I was going to say, me, uh, your your co ghost of corpse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I I am the host that puts. Uh, you know, I'm the, I'm the one that puts host and ghost. Uh, mm-hmm. I am also joined by my other two revenants over here, uh, Chris and Kurt. <laughs> Hello. Uh, <laughs> Chris, you got to do the Igor. Uh, yeah. Oh, master. <laughs> I mean, you I, don't have to say I'm, I'm your master or anything like that. Just, uh, you know. <laughs> got it. Yes. That- All right. And uh, yes, speaking of, we'll be uh, we'll be taking some generous um, ladles oh. out of the uh, old cauldron around, <laughs> yes, around which right. we're gathered. Yes. All right. So this is, uh, as you can see, this is graveyard spirits this is what happens when you you decide to drink straight out of that uh black the black goo out of the sarcophagus yeah <laughs> wasn't it red goo there were two different goos oh different flavors one is like baja blast cherry coffin cherry coffin coffin surf Oh, no. No, no. So I just discovered that this beer I opened is haunted, by which Uh-oh. I mean it's over a year old and hasn't um, hasn't Uh-oh. held up well. <laughs> it's haunted by, by, by other bacteria. Fortunately, soon soon fortunately. your intestines will be haunted by other bacteria. Well, fortunately, I did bring a second beer. There you go. Which I will now open. Oh, and what is it, Kurt? What you got? Well, the one that wasn't, unfortunately, no, no aspersions on them. It's a delicious beer. I just, I bought it last year, which is uh, Bear Hug, which is a nitro oatmeal stout from Vault Brewing. In, um, I believe it's in Yardley, Pennsylvania. Nice, nice little brewery. Unfortunately, not what I will be drinking apart from the one sip that I took to confirm that it was. In, well, there, there was the first sip and I went, mm, and then the second sip I took to confirm that it was. Mm. <laughs> um, but no, the one that I am drinking is uh, Fourth Orbit by New Trail Brewing. It is a hazy triple IPA. Oh, and um, it's good. Nice. Wait, is that? Is that just is that like a triple IPA or is a triple uh, as in the no Belgian? triple triple IPA? Okay. Yes. Wow. They're they're, they're really they're really increasing the IPA uh, technology. <laughs> technically, <laughs> technically, it's probably technically an American barley wine. If we're being yeah, that's uh, yeah yeah. But if we're picking hairs, I, I don't even know what that 
that, that, that's not even a pun. That's the yeah, it's not. It's not quite the phrase. It's it's a crypt keeper who's entirely like culturally irrelevant. Like just like he doesn't even make puns. He goes, "Well, I'm listening to a ghost story." <laughs> don't take a wooden nickel will you and you're like okay grandpa <laughs> all right now i'm just more confused and scared <laughs> just annoyed and confused uh so yeah uh so let, let's talk a little bit about this because uh it's it's been a while i think right since we've done a a beer run it has yeah a few a weeks bit. at least i think yeah, a couple of weeks. Shh, shh. Quiet, quiet, you. <laughs> um, so, so what? What have all of you been up to? Like in your general, yeah, whatever you want to share. I, I, I'll go first. You know, well, what? first share what you're drinking there, bud. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. Sorry, sorry, I wasn't trying to hide anything. <laughs> like I'm like trying to pass off. Like I'm just drinking some seltzer. No, I'm actually. <laughs> Uh, drinking, uh, I think this is the last one of the, um, I wish I was in Mexico, uh, lagers. Mm. <laughs> it's like a little session lager, mm-hmm. uh, by a local brewery called, uh, Oliver Brewing Company. And, uh, nice. they're, they're generally always have something a little interesting to me at least, or, you know, Th- those are becoming more rounds. prevalent as a style and I like it a lot. It's like good. the session, the session beers or whatever. This, well, the session lagers. In particular, like the Mexican style lagers. Oh, it's great. I mean, yeah. because I, I think it's it's one of these things where it's like the, it's like, what is it? Five, five or less ABV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just designed to just be, yeah. I think it's just like the, the old small beer. Um, it's, yeah, it's like a tradition. hop soda. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, if you like the taste of hops and, you know, it's it's just really nice. Yeah, I like yeah. them. I, I, they, all, they to me, they, they, they all kind of taste either either good or okay. Mm. And so, like, I, I never get excited about them, but I do enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I think that the issue isn't so much uh, that I'm excited by them as I go like, oh, I could drink some of these and not feel like super like yes. bloated or guilty that like, oh, that's like 300 calories I just drank. <laughs> Yeah. That's, that, that's a, a a really good um like nice beer to drink on a a warm like a almost indian summer type of day we had here today mm-hmm. yep yep absolutely so uh i'll i'll go first uh about the 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 stuff that's happened to me yes please so uh since since last i mean since like last week in fact um i got my covid booster yay mm. And then I also got the the latest flu shot. And by the way, folks, if you haven't done so, go get that flu shot. It sucks to get it. But <laughs> it, let, let me just say, I am just today. Like I got my uh, flu shot. I want to say it was last Monday. Just today, my arm is feeling like I can actually use it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I, I. I think I had mentioned to to both of you uh, before we recorded that that uh, for the first couple of days after I got the shot, I was sleeping very little, mainly because my every time I shifted around in my sleep and tried to move my arm that had the flu shot in it, I would immediately be awakened by a shot of pain, mm. you know, jolting up my my up and down my arm. So yeah, not not great, not great. You might say Ugh. you were disarmed. 
<laughs> I was told to shoulder the burden. <laughs> um, I'm just imagining like a really overly aggressive crypt keeper who's like, you should have stopped whining. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? This guy's a fucking asshole. <laughs> He's gone and flew the coop. And you're like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? Um, but yeah, so so just so you know, like if that shot is that big of a fucking wallop on my arm mm. the flu itself is going to be really bad so go get yeah. your shots folks that's a, yeah that's a good point uh like shit man i am like i'm wrung out mm. <laughs> like legit i'm like sitting here going like i could i could have an early bedtime tonight <laughs> um but anyway, uh, that has been more or less my week. I mean, I, I did a couple of other things. Yeah. I, uh, my understanding is you had a panel yesterday. Yes. Yes, I did. I, I had. Um, so I had a panel on Friday. Mm. Uh, so I just to preface this, I uh, this is one of the few uh, small conventions that I, I try not to miss because one, it's it's pretty small. It's probably at most 400 people on mm-hmm. a regular year like there, there i think there was a couple of years where they had like their guest of honor was like neil gaiman or oh you know, wow or, or like uh george R. R. martin or something like that yeah and that's you know those are those are just like you can't really gauge uh memberships yeah. by that because right. obviously mm-hmm. the guest is bringing everything absolutely um, yeah. but but to, you know this this year not not to disparage the guests of honor that were there, which was uh, actually co-guests uh, Charlie Jane Anders and Sarah Pinsker, oh. which you know they're 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 well known by themselves. Mm-hmm. But it it you know uh, it was a small con this year, or at mm-hmm. least it felt that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so on Friday, I had a panel uh, with uh, amongst other people, uh, Charlie Jane Anders, uh, Michael Deirda, uh, who apparently did. Um, like a sci- a science fiction uh, column for the Washington Post for years and years. Oh. Um, and then, <laughs> Kurt, you're going to love this. Uh, I also was on a pa- on that same panel uh, sitting alongside none other than Natalie Lures. Ah. So that was interesting. <laughs> was it? <laughs> Very much it so. This <laughs> uh. <laughs> is mostly me. me just try not to say anything. <laughs> Doing your Rodney Dangerfield, just pulling your collar. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Review. <laughs> I'd give it five stars if I could. Um, <laughs> but uh, so then and then I had a reading, which uh, thankfully this time around there was there were actually people at that one. Oh, it's oh nice. awesome. Yeah. L- last year, last year I sat there and I was like, well. You know, this is a little vacation for me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, when I worked at um, when I worked at Barnes and Noble, uh, we would have it was so the one I worked at was on UPenn's campus, as I've probably mentioned in the past, and so we would get like a weird mix of like popular fiction authors would come in to do it, and like it was a big store with like a big like reading area, like a big like event area. And so, you know, we got a lot of readings through. Plus it was on a campus, you know, it was a college campus. So there was, mm-hmm. you know, there were usually like a lot, like a fair number of people. So I, I think and, it was just like a good spot for. And, and that was considered Penn's like bookstore too, right? It was Penn. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I specifically worked like in the textbook department. That was what I did. I see. Um, in fact, there, it was there's probably a non-zero students. chance that we were there at the same time. 
Um, possibly, yeah, it quite, quite, quite possible. Um, so, um, but, but what would happen is, uh, you could always tell when somebody's reading was not going well because all the employees would start drifting in to like make like a sympathy crowd. Oh, <laughs> and damn, yeah. there were definitely, you know, I like we definitely wouldn't let somebody just sit there by themselves, but there were definitely a number of readings that was just Barnes and Noble workers hanging oh, out, you know, ouch. killing time for 20 minutes. But, you know, <clears throat> it was interesting, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, <clears throat> you got to do what you got to do. So I would say having anybody at all show up to a reading is like one, one million victories. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yep. What did you do a reading from? That's what uh, I was just going to ask. Oh, the yeah. Bible? <laughs> yes, the Bible. <laughs> My In favorite science fiction yeah. book. He, he, he book pulled up Andy Kaufman and read The Great Gatsby. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I read From Up in the Hills. Uh, nice. The, the, the Strange Horizons piece. Nice, yes. Um, which, uh, which you know, I, I think got some, good, got some good reactions from that. Uh, and then uh, I think yesterday was my last panel, which was basically like uh, how to help me tell a story or whatever, which is basically like how to narrate or do public readings. Which, oh, wow. You know. That's, uh, yeah, that's handy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, like, yeah, doing this with both of you fine fellows uh, has has helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, but I think that the one of the things that I immediately talked about was like how um, initially I would I would often just listen to recent like back when it was just me and Pete or whatever mm-hmm. I'd listen to the episodes just to see how it worked, you know, mm. like the. The, the the back and forth and it was there any way that I could have improved something or yeah. you know, that type of thing. So Oh that's yeah, that's great. I, I actually got that weirdly from uh you know don't don't judge me too harshly, but from an old cracked article where they talked about uh, or actually a cracked podcast Ooh. where they talked about uh how LBJ would basically like every night he would listen to his own speeches. Wow. And like with a red pen in hand, just to make sure, you know, that mm. he could, mm. he could condense, you know, th- his next version of the speech would be better or whatever, you know, that type of yeah. thing. So on, on that quick note, just real quick, I, I recommend everybody you to uh, Google uh, LBJ ordering pants. Yes. Oh, very, oh my God. Good. Yes. Yes. I, I, I remember I was crying when I heard that. <laughs> now, wasn't wasn't he the guy who would, like, sh- try to show people his cock, like, in the men's room? Yes. Wasn't that yes. his? Yeah, that's yes. him. <laughs> Either Also, he uh, famously – I forget who he called in while he was just on the, on the throne, basically, <laughs> taking a gigantic shit. Uh, and, and, on the oval toilet. Yeah, in the oval toilet. <laughs> Wait a minute, <laughs> who's who's got a square toilet? <laughs> oh, you you would be surprised. Well, that's true. <laughs> I've seen some strangely shaped toilets, especially in Europe. They have weird mm. toilets in Europe, and oh, I'm not I, when, not when B days. Was... I'm not talking about the B days. <laughs> no, 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 no. They've got I, some strange toilets. Do you I, know about I, about the German poop shelf? Oh, I do yes. Not so so like German toilets. Like the 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 poop doesn't like fall into the like. You know how like American toilets, there's like a lagoon, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of like falls down and Sploosh. disappears beneath the eerie darkness of, you know, the water. Uh, in a German toilet, there's like a little platform with like a little bit of water on it, I think. Like not enough to cover a poop. And so like the poop kind of like falls on the platform and sits there exposed. And and 
I think the idea is supposed to look at and be like, hmm, is this the healthy poop? Well, <laughs> this is just the German version of the LBJ method, right? <laughs> yeah, you have to review it be like, huh, what would I have done differently next time? <laughs> this does not look like the muesli. <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah. There's like a, it's, it doesn't like, you know, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't hide itself in shame like, like the American poop. It stands proud and triumphant in the bowl. It's to me, terrible, terrible. Brown and practice. proud. Miserable practice. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Right. <laughs> well, thank Ex- you for except, that scene ex- report. Because, I mean, I, except if you, if you got if you got big issues, yeah. then you know it's it's not just lying on the sh- on that little shelf. <laughs> it's just everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, yeah. No. That that's great. That it's it's. Um, <laughs> Constant this poop, this, yeah. this poop technology. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure that uh, Elon will make the cyber the cyber oh poop. My God. Yes. And it'll be it'll work just dandy. Yes. Unless it rains. It's very it, angular. Or or you, or you or it gets uh, wet. Catch fire. If it gets wet, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. You you flush it and it just like explodes. <laughs> Right. So, um, I feel like we were talking about something before the poop discussion, and I apologize for that whole, <laughs> that whole <laughs> it's, side It's hard to dismount from such a discussion, but let's just do it. <laughs> yeah, Carlo was telling us about his, his con he went to. Yeah, it was about shit, too. So, <laughs> no, 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 no. I was me talking about just shit. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like, um, it was just basically like, uh, the last panel was essentially like narration and public speaking, that type of yes. thing. And- excellent. I think I think uh, LBJ himself derailed us uh, yes. regarding his gigantic shits. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, that that was that was more or less my weekend. Um, cool. So far, what 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 interesting things have you all been up to, Kurt? Um, well, I've, <laughs> uh, I, I, I love, I love how Chris is like, nothing interesting here. Guy, Moving guys. along. Kirk. <laughs> um, I've been, I've been watching, um, uh, the HBO series Rome for the first time. And very oh, hell yeah. It. It's very good. Very, John very Mil- good. <laughs> written by none other than Walter from the Big Lebowski. Indeed. Indeed yeah. it was. No, but you know what? No, no, he's, he's, he's a producer. I'm sorry. Well, no, no, he did also, um, He directed the first episode, right? It. Uh, I'm not sure if he directed the first episode. I think he may have just been like the creator and like, I don't think, I don't think he's credit. So we're talking about uh, John Milius, of course, director Mm. of Conan, among other things, uh, and Red Dawn. Um, And I think he is the creator and I think he like worked on all of the scripts, but I don't Mm. think he has a script credit and I don't think he actually directed any of the episodes necessarily. I think he was just like, uh, like effectively the showrunner, Mm -hmm. but it was kind of like, like, uh, like when showrunners were a bit more uh, understood as more like producers, I think, instead of like writers like they are now. Regardless, it's very good and it's very different from what. I was expecting in large part because I have to say it, it's it's leagues better than Game of Thrones or any of those mm. latter day shows in mm-hmm. large part, I think, because um, so so like Rome is really interesting to me because it 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 really leans heavily on that kind of like 19th century gothic depiction 
of Rome, where like mm. everything is very symbolic, mm. uh, super melodramatic. You know, all these characters are like, you know, for instance, like a Caesar is depicted as not just someone who is calling himself a god, but literally believes that he is a god, mm-hmm. you know? And when, you know, someone like Pompey the Great gets killed, it is this this over-the-top, beyond Kubrick, like, symbolic, bizarre... Like, everything feels like one of those weird, spooky Victorian paintings of like Roman history where it doesn't really look naturalistic. It it looks like, like a play plus Mm -hmm. a prophecy. And it's just Mm -hmm. got this very strange, fantastical tone to it where Mm -hmm. like the gods are real. They're not on screen, but everyone is like, no, of course the, of course the gods are real, which like, and I really like, I'm really enjoying that aspect. And I wasn't expecting it because like, like just the, the emphasis on like ritual, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and the emphasis on how strange and bizarre and involved these rituals are and just how, like, completely melded to the story they are. And I'm really, really enjoying it. And and again, I, I've I've never seen anything like quite like this before. I'm in season two. I'm still mm. enjoying it. Um, just as much. I understand that people have, you know, that it seems like the opinion is that season two is a little bit worse. Yeah. Um, so far, I am enjoying it just as much. Although I will say, um, I don't know if his name, how his name is pronounced. Kieran? Kieran? Sieran? Uh, yeah. K- Kieran? Kieran, I think. Kieran Hind, I think. Yeah. Hind? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, it is very good as Caesar. Oh, like, yes. really. Oh, my God. The, the, so, so, um, uh, everyone out there, if you if you don't know this, spoilers for something that happened. Uh, <laughs> uh, I want to say three thousand. No, years no, ago, don't whatever. tell me! Don't tell me! <laughs> Rome is still around to this day, isn't it? Well, I, I hear that everyone's very fixated with it, especially uh, especially men. Uh, but but uh, what I was going to say is that the the thing that really um, that really cinches his performance for me is after the assassination scene. Like that little moment where he's just trying to cover himself. Yes. Oh fuck, man, that hits so, so hard. I I specifically read up on that, and they they combined different aspects of different accounts mm-hmm. of Caesar's assassination. Um, and that one I think comes from Plutarch, uh, where you know there's only there was only one account. I forget which one. That had the famous, you know, A2 Brute, which which apparently like doesn't even say that in the act. Like I, I think that's actually from Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, what what the uh, the original Roman history claim is something like the original historian claim is something like, uh, like you two child. I think it is, and and he said it in in Greek. But Plutarch says that when he saw Brutus among the conspirators, he just like put his toga over his head and was like, "Fuck." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's 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 amazing. Um, the other thing that I thought was amazing is the, the depiction of Cleopatra, who only shows up for so far one one yeah, episode yeah. and is just like the horniest person in all of TV and just has <laughs> every single kink. like everyone she meets she's like you down what are you down for you down for this you down for some breeding you down for for some 
some SM, you want to whip me? Slap me. You know, you know choke me. Also, I'm the queen. You know, <laughs> also, 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 I have I have snakes if you want them. Yeah, yeah she's doing like a like a yes end, but for kink. <laughs> but, well, and 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 to and to think that this is uh, what is it? They they do portray Cleopatra as like uh, very cop. What is it? Coptic Greek or whatever? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So so therefore, you know, as I think you've mentioned before, Kurt. You know, these these are all people that are cosplaying as Egyptians. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's very yeah, and it's it's very funny when they show up in in Egypt and um. Everyone who shows up there is like, what the fuck is, what is fuck is up with these people? Why are they dressed like this? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it like the, the energy of the Romans arriving in Egypt is as if you, you know, went over to someone's house and they were just all dressed in like Star Trek uniforms mm-hmm. and just nobody <laughs> mentioned anything about it. And they're like, the captain is on the bridge. <laughs> You're like, okay. <laughs> I guess, but no, yeah, it's it, it's very good. I'm enjoying it a great deal, and it's just kind of become the thing that I'm watching in the evening of of late. Nice, hell yeah, Titus um, Pulo, Titus Pulo, the thirteenth. <laughs> Titus Pulo is great. Um, Varinus is great. Everyone's great. Um, the uh, the uh, I I have been reading a bit apart from um, Jonathan Strange, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I picked up a Zelazny short story um, collection called The Unicorn Variations, um, of which I have only read a couple. I read the title story, which was quite good. Mm. Um, it is effectively about like a guy who's hitchhiking and he stops in like a ghost town and starts kind of like idly playing chess with himself and like a unicorn shows up. And starts playing chess with him, and like it, you know, it's it, like the story is basically about him having subsequent encounters, and then enlisting other um, supernatural creatures to help to like teach him to be better at chess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's 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 just this is like classic Zelazny. It's a good time. But now <laughs> he's he's learning he's learning uh, chess foo, but through different uh, styles. I mean, the mystery of chess box. Basically, yeah, it is, yeah, it is a drunken chess drunken box. goblin chess foo. <laughs> Um, the, the next story that I am now in the midst of, I think is called the last of the wild ones. Um, and it takes place in basically there was a computer virus that infected the computers of all the cars or of like a huge percentage of cars and made them basically like come to life and just kind of act like, like wild horses. And, and so like, Hmm. like, when a car gets infected, it it kills the 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 driver, <laughs> and then just kind of starts driving itself and drives off into the wilderness. And it's about people who are effectively like, um, like uh, what do you call people who like capture horses, like wild horses? I, I don't know what 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 you would call that exactly, but they're doing that, but with cars. Right. Oh. So like like, like cow like cowpokes yeah but, but for, yeah but like for but for like horse cars for horses yeah so like they horse go pokes. out into the wilderness <laughs> and set up these like these these traps where horse boys like, yeah exactly yeah car boys um, <laughs> and so you know they're they're trying to capture the leader of the wild cars basically mm. who is effectively like 
you know, this souped up ultra horse, which again, varies the last name. So I'm enjoying wow. it. And it's, it's, I, I really haven't read much of his short fiction before. Um, and it's funny because like on the one hand, it's very good. He's very capable. On the other, there's something missing where I, I feel like Zelazny uses that extra length to just go like an extra step beyond. Um, and in the short fiction format, he's a little bit more restrained, I think, mm. because he just doesn't quite have the the space to get really Zelazny with it. I see. He, he, he needs a, a long runway to, to take Precisely. off. So um, do you prefer the novel length versus the short story format then? For Zelazny, of of what I've read of both, I definitely prefer his novels to his short yeah. stories. Although, but, like, yeah. his, his short stories are expertly written, but to me, they're more to me they're more capable than they are incredible. Like, mm. if that makes sense, like they mm -hmm. are they are flawlessly executed. But I know he's got more in him than he can do in a short story, and so yeah. I, I kind of just just prefer his. His his long form stuff, I think. Okay, cool. I actually think novella is probably the ideal length for Zelazny of mm. what I what I have. Well, read I mean, of, of in in fairness, I believe that what what was it? Um, uh, shit, what was the one that we read? Uh, Apocalypse? Light? No, the uh, Damnation Alley. Well, there we go. That's it with Hell Tanner. Uh, wasn't that originally a novella that he sort of slightly expanded? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he added the sections with like the mayor or whoever whoever it was like trying to fight the the plague. So he didn't add like a ton, like probably like mm -hmm. 20 or 30 pages to it. Yeah. And I mean, I I do I do think that you're you're probably right. I mean, um uh even his novels are rather short. Yeah. Uh, by by your current yeah, by our current standards which, you know, I guess the current standards are that you, you need to have it be 300 plus. <laughs> and he was writing easily within the 200 or less. Mm. I say bring that style back. I agree. I Totally. Yeah, I, I agree. But hey Chris, um, what have you been reading or watching or imbibing or thinking about? Uh, well, imbibing, I can tell you right now, I am drinking... Double Rodeo, uh, I, Imperial IPA by the good folks at Zero Day Brewing Company in nice. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Sounds good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so, uh, and to kick off the, you know, the Halloween spooky season, I have watched uh, this morning Carpenter's, John Carpenter's Village of the Damned, which is one of his like major works that I've yet to see. Um, and I say major works in the sense that it's like a big budget theatrical production with like actual stars. Like well, that's if I'm remembering correctly, that's a remake of the original like uh, 1960. Yeah. yeah 1960s era. Yes, exactly. Based on a book. Um, uh, the Midwitch Cuckoos. Is that what it is? That's right. John and uh, written by John Wyndham. Um, and it's, it's very middle of the road carpenter. Um, it, the the first hour or so is really good with some really spooky and eerie vibes uh, where like uh, it, it's kind of, it's really wild because I think it, the most interesting aspect of this is the whole idea of like the entire town being like knocked unconscious and the women wake up pregnant 
And uh, but then there's this big scene where Kirstie Alley uh, is like this like government scientist and tells the girl tells all the women of the of the town that like you know they have the choice to abort their their uh, you know the, their pregnancies, um, and uh, it's just it's just not dealt as this like controversial thing. It's just something she's offering them, and it's a very uh, interesting um, you know wrinkle to it that i think like now is much more fraught uh you know today um and uh and and then the the second half like once the kids actually arrive and then they're like you know and they're like in their kid form there's some okay stuff but it's kind of like a bad twilight zone episode um and then like there's it just kind of just peters out at the end like there's some there's some, it basically there's not enough ownage there there's some good ownage one in particular is pretty gnarly where the janitor jumps off the roof onto his rake <laughs> but Ooh, wow. yeah uh but it, yeah otherwise it's and it's it's honestly and it's a pleasure just being with christopher reeve he was so he was such a great screen presence um so um yeah, but it was it's a very you know very middle Oh, the road. oh, I had no idea that he was in it. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, he's the, he's the lead. He's the doctor. I I've seen very little with him. Um, what's that one? Uh, Jesus Christ! On a clear day, you can see it forever. Is that him? Yes, I believe so. Right. I, I with him and uh, was that Barbara Streisand? I hmm. think that's correct. That's the oh. only. I I think that's the only non-Superman thing I've seen him in, to my knowledge. Mm. I he's really good in um, Death Trap. I think it's called or de- yeah, Death, Death Trap, Trap. I believe. Yeah, it's that's called a Death that's Trap. a good movie. Well, that's is that the one with uh, Michael Caine? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's a Sidney Lumet movie. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, I mean, yeah, go yeah, ahead. yeah. So it's it's I'm filling in my Carpenter gaps, but it's it's uh, you know it's not one I would like really recommend a lot. Mm. Um, but I am planning on, uh, in in addition to catching up on Jonathan Strange, I am going to uh, read uh, Jack Ketchum's Off Season uh, for some spooky reading. I'm looking forward to it. it it's uh, kind of like a my understanding. I, I I haven't read it yet, but my understanding is it's kind of like this lady encounters troglodytes kind of thing in the woods. Uh, so uh, in like an off, at an off scene to the crap ground. So I'm looking forward to that. That sounds cool. Yeah, it does. It, and it's, I'm getting the sense. Uh, so he did, I read one of his last year called uh, the girl next door, where it was kind of like a fictionalized version of that one tale of that one, like psycho mom who kept like the neighbor girl chained in the basement and let the uh, kids like torture her. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was really like it, the story kind of took like a weird like action turn because they, I, I guess it was because I knew the true story too well, but um, the writing was really good. It was kind of like a spook, like a scarier um, Stephen King almost, where it was very mm. evocative. And I think maybe it, in part it was partly because he was writing about like childhood in, of like a, in like a period of like the seventies or eighties maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that felt very Stephen King, like mm. you know, writing from that, you know, early teenager point of view. Um, but so I'm really looking forward to it, this off season, which I think is supposed to be his like breakout book. By the way, I confused two movies where people um, fall in love and time travel through hypnosis. 
Um, I was thinking of Somewhere in Time, Somewhere which in is time, Christopher yeah. Reeve and Jane Seymour. Yes. Um, and and I said, on a clear day, you can see forever, which, of course, is uh, Barbara Streisand and um, uh, what is it? Yves, uh, Yves Montan, oh, I, I guess. Um, and, and different s- similar plots, different films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember watching uh, Somewhere in Time. It's a it's a. It's sort of like a very, um, very almost romance, uh, you know, type of thing going on there, right? With time travel. Yes. Now, do you care to now? Do you know uh, who wrote the novel on which it is based? No, no, I don't. That would be one Richard Matheson. Oh, um, of oh, I Am Legend uh, fame, among among other things. Yes. yes. Stir, a stir of echoes also comes to mind. Horrible adaptation. Has Nightmare at twenty thousand feet. Also, I believe. Oh, was yep. that was that him? I believe with, so. With 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 an early uh, with an early appearance on TV of the 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 one the only uh, uh, Captain Kirk. Uh, That's right. Uh, also reprised in the remake uh, by John Lithgow. Beautifully mm-hmm. done. Too. <laughs> well, and there was also a remake uh, during in the Twilight, or I'm sorry, in the um, Jordan Peele Twilight Zone. It was uh, Adam Scott is listening to a scary podcast. <laughs> I, I, I'm not lying. That is exactly. I, I, I heard. I heard. No, no. I, I think I watched the beginning of it. I was like, "Fuck this!" It's. I don't think it's going to capture either one of the previous versions. And just like that, I think I never finished watching the the, the Jordan Peele run. <laughs> In part because, like, I think the first two were okay, and then the other ones were not quite as good. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I, I, you know, no no shade necessarily. I I don't think that every Twilight Zone episode, you know, original or remade or whatever, was great. But you know, yeah. generally speaking. A lot of them were very good. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't. I, I checked out a couple episodes as well, and and, and did just kind of just, just sort back. of like petered out. It wasn't even like I, I made a decision to to be like this shit sucks. Yeah, just no, like, exactly. Oh, yeah. I'll get back to it. I guess. Well, and I think so. I think that's part of a uh, something. Which so actually something. I'm glad this is does dovetails nicely into something I'm going to talk about. Uh, is like the the f- the floodgates of streaming just kind of like are more likely to make you do that or in, or at least in my experience where mm-hmm. i am more likely to just watch a show and walk away than i would have been if i were watching it like on regular television or like traditional like ad supported ways uh, i think the streaming just is it's just stuff that just sits there it's like you know you know you know it's just sitting there in a pile and and i don't know it's the reason I was going to bring it up was because um, of Netflix having these rolled doll adaptations by uh, mm. Wes Anderson, uh, who he, so he's adapting some of these uh, dolls short stories, uh, and I've watched all of them but one, um, and they're all good at, at different levels. Um, he's still uh, my favorite one is the Swan, um, but the thing is, there's another one I didn't know that though because Netflix doesn't tell you that this is a whole collection and that there's like five of them. They, it, it's, I don't know. I, I just, the, I think streaming was such a poor decision for, <laughs> and, and like, a, you know, a cancer on film and television. Uh, 
it's just it's it's made it everything poorer for it. Yeah, it's it's to me it's the same thing as digital publishing where it's like we've taken all the pages out of the package and we've just thrown them all on the floor and said, Here, just yeah. pick up whichever one you want and read it. Yeah. You know, and it's like, no, it's like you need you know, uh, going on, to, turning on a channel and watching it, if that, you know, if you watch it for a few hours, should be a little journey unto itself. You know, reading through a magazine should be mm. a journey unto itself. There should be a, you know, a theme, a sense for the issue, yeah. you know, a, a sense of of proceeding through something. It's like, and I think it's a problem both with things like anthologies that come out on these services, which often just feel like a bunch of random pitches to me. Mm. They don't, they, they, you know, whereas like the twilight zone felt like you, you, you can watch the original twilight zone now and it feels somehow like appointment viewing, right? Like mm -hmm. you can feel it on TV. You could like, it feels like you need to sit down and pay attention to it. Yeah. And now it's just so easy to just be like, what am I watching this on? I'm on, I'm on max, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, what am I going to do after this? I don't yeah. know. Uh, well, I'll watch, you know, the adventures of uh, Fiona and Kate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, there's something to be said about the temper, uh, you know, temporality of when you're watching something. Like if you, the, the the thrill of like have just being able to catch something that you like is either a brand new discovery to you or something that you don't you know, love and it just happens to be on the same time as you're looking for something to watch like that that there's something it, it adds a little extra you know frisson to the to the mm -hmm. viewing indeed I I will I will say that uh, to 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 your point Chris and this is you know obviously this is before streaming this is more you know like my experience with HBO was like coming in late, you know, after hanging out with my mm -hmm. buddies or whatever mm -hmm. and everyone's asleep or, you know, you know, like, and I turn on the TV as I'm winding down and just get weirdly sucked into something. I, I it just started or it, you know, it's, it's sufficiently early on in the, the movie or whatever it is. And you're like, what the fuck is this? And you just sit there and you watch it. And you're like, what was that? Right. Hold on. <laughs> and like, like I watched. Um, I remember. I, I the only reason I ever went on a uh, uh, what is it, uh, Junain Caro uh, filmography thing for a bit was because one night I came home from like gaming with my buddies. Everyone's asleep. Mm -hmm. I turned things on. Uh, there's like some weird fucking apocalyptic cityscape. And a weird clown arrives to rent a room and you're like, what the fuck am I watching? What, <laughs> what, who are these people? Why do they have faces like this? And it turns out it was a delicatessen. And I was like, and that, like the entire thing just drew me in. Uh, and, and the fact is that you, you sort of don't have that because you have to, like you have to know that's that something's out there to search for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not transmitted yes. to you. I will say occasionally you can have a weird experience along these lines. Like sometimes certain niche streaming services, I think, do a better job. Tubi, I certainly will find mm -hmm. weird shit. And just be like, I'll watch this, whatever. Sure, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I, I forget the name of it now, but there was some there was something I watched like most of that was like a almost like a lady guar band where they just, it was clearly like them and like a few friends. And they were like, we can, we can make a guar movie. And and they did. And it was like, it wasn't great, but it was like fun, yeah. you know? Um, or I was watching, um, uh, I was watching HBO max the other night and 
there's this series called Ambient Swim, which is like uh, it's like a collection of like Adult Swim like musical sh- uh, shows or short films that they had had aired at various points, and most of them were just like animations with like lo-fi you know music mm-hmm. and it just mm-hmm. kind of plays the animation and plays the are, the, are they are are some of these the ones that are sort of like sort of turn uncanny or weirdly unsettling some, um some well uh, 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 some of them do but it's not advertised that way and that mm-hmm. was that was what was delightful i was watching i was watching this one and it, instead of showing um like animations it just starts showing like stock footage of forests and mm-hmm. then this voice starts talking kind of like jack handy deep thoughts style mm-hmm. and just starts like narrating about like yeah so i filmed all this stock photography and i wasn't going to use it for anything but i kind of found it a little bit soothing so i figured i would i would use this for my film uh, in case anybody was a little bit anxious and just wanted to relax while watching TV. And then it just goes on. It was babbling endlessly. And like, it starts like changing what you're watching. Like at one point the, the narrator declares that maybe I'll call it tree TV. And then like a little tree TV <laughs> logo, like appears in the corner of the screen. And, and then like, as he's talking about it, he's like, maybe it'll merge with waterfall TV of which I'm also the CEO, you know, and it's just, just like a weird, it's basically just like stock photography and somebody reading like a weird monologue over it. Mm-hmm. And just a weird little magical thing like that. It's just, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just fun. And, and as you say, like the, these services, it's, it's just, it's just everything disconnected from everything else. It's completely, mm-hmm. d- just completely atomized in a way that mm-hmm. I find very dis, uh, disinteresting, uninteresting. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think we we had a, a talk about this. Uh, I want to say like at least three months ago, right, Kurt? About probably how how the I was just thinking about how how this has a parallel with radio versus like you know like Spotify or whatever, right? Yeah, and yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, where, yeah. Where you, the technology kind of gets stuck, and you're like, oh, I don't watch this. And, and the tech, yeah, and the technology f- sort of like shapes how you approach mm-hmm. uh, and like art. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so like, uh, I think we were talking about like your, you know, your cur- current, um, interest in cassette tapes, uh, specifically versus like, you know, radio or whatever. And, you know, you could just turn on the radio, but mm-hmm. if you put on a cassette, you know, there's a trade-off, right? You, you, you can just listen to the cassette. The one out. Yeah. 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 You could just listen to one song if you really want to. But or, why would you get it out and fuck around with it and fast forward? Exactly right. You, then you have to rewind it, it, and then you have yeah. to, you know, or or if you just want to hear the the three songs on the mm-hmm. side that you're listening right. to that you really like, you're gonna like fiddle around with it. And cassettes aren't the that's the other thing is that cassettes aren't that long, you know. Mm-hmm. They're like they're in in practice, you know, they could be about an hour but in in i mean in theory they could be about an hour you know the later <laughs> you ones, mean like but, you mean like podcasts <laughs> yeah yeah but like like in practice most are you know like 40 minutes or so you know mm-hmm. and what i really started noticing that was interesting about it and this comes back to again like the the media shaping stuff is that cassettes and and albums in general albums with sides almost always have a song that is very clearly the side one closer 
and then the side two opener. So like you'll 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 have a song with a sense of finality and it'll fade mm. out. And the next side is like da 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 you know, as you're <laughs> like, you are now on side two. We are on to the next part of the album. And now it's like stuff is just kind of like a long thing. You just kind of whatever, you just leave it on, it just goes forever. And when yeah. you run out of the album, it just starts playing random shit on Spotify. And the, yeah. there's an interesting um I, I the best show with Tom Sharpling has a bonus show called um it's uh something I don't know. It's they were going through all of the Crosby, Spills, Nash, and Young catalog, like the group's catalog, and then each of the individual artists' catalog. And it was interesting because they they realized like going from the eighties to the nineties, the the bloat that albums got because of the CD allowing so much more time on it as the as a media. Oh, yes. So it was just like not only were, it was just like albums themselves got up to like hour, hour and a half, you know, type. Um. I well, I, mean, I listened to so many bad comedy skits on 90s rap albums. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, they would have like 35 minutes of like weird skits, sometimes very funny. There's, of course, like Wu-Tang typically did quite, quite entertaining ones. You know, I, I know for a fact uh but in general, I would say they were not, not the best use of time on the album. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's it's also like, um, like even I, I would even argue that there, like, there's this weird, um, I guess you could call it a, a, a style of comedy, like the the overlong, you know, you 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 continue a, a bit for way too long, and then because it loops back around and becomes funny again. Mm-hmm. I, I find that that's also something that's, that started to creep into, like, I, I hate to harp on this, but, but like, I remember the, the, the 2016 Ghostbusters movie, just like, mm. Those jokes just went on and mm. on and on. And it's like, my God, did anyone write this? Are they just like yelling? Keep keep improving. We we'll we'll catch it all. Yeah. We'll edit well, it in post. That that that's might be a good, a good uh, topic for another episode of like Judd Apatow's like horrendous like you know fingerprints on the on the comedy world and, and mm, that being like I can see that <laughs> bad improv being the number one of them. God, what what an annoying tendency. Yeah. Um, give me dry. Staccato humor any day of the week, man. Absolutely. Oh, oh, sorry. Total, total change of subject. I stumbled upon something. What the fuck was it called? Jesus Christ. Now I have to look it up again. Um, so, so for my birthday, uh, I received a a Sony S2 Sport Walkman, Ooh. and uh, from from my great uncle, different uh, different great uncle than, than your the one grunkle, who is, who is yes, my grunkle. Um, and, uh, in it, um, was, uh, a cassette, which was a radio drama from the late seven, was a sci-fi serialized radio drama from the late seventies. Um, which, uh, now I have to look up, um, the actual name of it, but, uh, it had, uh, writing credits by no, none other than J. Michael Straczynski. Um, hmm. And this was hold on. Let me let me look up what the what the name of it was. Um, what the fuck was it called? It was had uh, Alien Worlds. It was a syndicated radio show 
uh, that aired 26 half-hour episodes between 1979 and 1980, well known for its realistic sound effects, high production values, and documentary style of dialogue. Mm. Um, And they were basically like sci-fi action-adventure serials um, from the late 70s. That sounds awesome. And just very strange. Um, I haven't actually sat down and listened to it, um, but I, I listened to a little bit and it was unusual. It was very interesting. Um, I think the one I was listening to was um, the Starsmith Project. Um, <laughs> apparently, uh, apparently the, there's a framing device where the International Space Authority a governing body of space development and exploration um, advances humans into deep space. And they have a base named the Arthur C. Clarke Astronomical Observatory. Um, and they apparently like receive, they, they either receive messages from elsewhere or they themselves have adventures. Um, so it's kind of like a, like a space 1999 sort of uh Hmm. sort of thing almost but it's very unusual to listen to and it's got that kind of old-timey radio series charm to it could be interesting to do a uh an episode on it or something. <laughs> not, yeah. not not the not the current uh drama you know dramatized podcast uh, situation you said a tape yes a tape a tape for real? Yes, a tape. And you're like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> could you move on? <laughs> yes, I got it. It's a tape. I don't listen to dramatized podcasts, so I wouldn't know. Uh, mm. But it's certainly, I'm willing to laugh I, at what you just said because it's funny and I can imagine. I I, <laughs> I, I gave it a shot uh, a while back and it's sort of like, I think, what was it? Uh, somebody recommended Rabbits. And uh, initially it was like, okay, this, this is kind of cool and blah, blah, blah. And then they started doing exactly that where it, like they'd have to repeat things three times and it's like, <laughs> why, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Like I'm listening. Like I get it. Yes. It's a tape. Okay. Thank you. I'm just imagining them being like, let me walk over to the closet. <laughs> right, did you get if- to the closet yet? <laughs> yes. I'm at the closet. Now I'm going to open the closet. <laughs> I mean, you know, honestly, if they had a little bit of Foley, uh, I would I would actually buy into that a little bit more. But but oh, no, they didn't not even, even have that. like Foley sound effects. See? Not, not really. No. Uh, and so so sadly, uh, those um, those miscreants have basically uh, sort, sort of sworn me off of like the other types of like I know that there's a, what is the old gods of Appalachia and all sorts of, you know, the Magnus files, all sorts of different ways to tell stories that I'm like, eh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Plus I'm not really, I'm, I'm just not a very good audio uh, reader, you know? Mm. Yes. I just get distracted. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now, if I can combine the audio with like reading it, that's one thing, but just listening to it goes straight out of my head, man. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so do we want to talk a really quickly about uh, some, some of the stuff we have forthcoming? I mean, sure. other than Jonathan strange and Mr. Norrell. Yeah. Uh, I know we have some Halloween stuff, Halloween in stuff coming up. <laughs> Yes. Halloween. Halloween. Sorry, I just realized what I was doing uh, halfway through and started to go for it. Um, 
But uh, yeah, yeah. Like I think that what was it? We talked a little bit about uh, Chris. You had mentioned the Boxers Omen. Yes, Hong Kong uh, horror excellence at martial arts freakout. What's that? What's that cop zombie movie that you were talking about? Is that is that Dead Heat? Is, that, is it Dead, Dead Heat? Heat? Yeah, yes. yeah, Dead Heat. We should, yeah. we should watch Dead Heat. Yes, definitely. Um, um, I really, really want us to watch Fried Barry at some point, and I mm. really think that we should watch Black Roses mm. uh, at some point. And I know it's you know we're all it's it's already the first of October, so you know we only have so much time, and so. You know, I, won't, I, I mean, won't we could, we could always. I, I certainly won't hold a grudge beyond the grave if we don't. <laughs> you wouldn't have. You would be holding the grudge, right? No. Uh, let me. Let me real quick. <laughs> let oh me no! Real there's quick, hair in the drain. Go ahead. Let, let me pitch black roses to you guys real quick because. Um, so uh, imagine if uh, Nancy Reagan had made a movie about how heavy metal music was evil and would turn teenagers evil. But now imagine that she got all heavy metal fans to make it and that they were like, yes, it makes us evil and that's cool. <laughs> um, and that is essentially what it is. It, it is essentially a slasher film where the villain is heavy metal music. Mm. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say the villain was Nancy Reagan. I was like, oh, yes, no, let's do no, that. that would be good. I would certainly watch that. No, it's it's fucking awesome where it's like, you know, like all the teenagers turn evil and start murdering their parents. But the cat, it's, it's just clear from the framing device that like the people making the movie are like this fucking rock. <laughs> <laughs> so like the band is fucking awesome. Like, like, it's really funny. Like the, the, the band puts on like like decoy shows for when they know that that the adults are coming to check out the band and it's mm -hmm. like it's like a little bit crazy but it's kind of like you know it's it's like beatles crazy mm -hmm. and they leave they're like get out the bondage gear yeah. <laughs> and the blood <laughs> it's great the, the, is is the lead singer the the same the same lady that dm'd for the dark dungeons uh <laughs> no, track no, but that would be good <laughs> that would be great <laughs> Mistress Blackleaf, um, uh, what was I going to say? I, I was I was also going to throw uh, none other than Creep Show in there. Oh, the original. I would, I would definitely watch Creep mm -hmm. Show. I, I, I don't think I've ever watched it. Really? No, man. No fucking way. You have to see Stephen King's Oscar worthy performance. <laughs> his 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 main hick. It genuinely is good. My meteor, my press. <laughs> That's a called darn meteor. <laughs> god damn it's so good it's just it's so good <laughs> well i i always uh what was it we we did uh uh maximum overdrive and he does like a little cameo where it's like <laughs> the atm curses at him <laughs> it's just he's just like he's also wearing like a weird what is it seersucker suit with a straw hat it's just such, such a weird combination of things he's like obviously making fun of himself so mm -hmm. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm really interested. I I don't know why, but I just missed the window on it, man. And it just sort of like, and by that time, like you know, Tales from the Crypt was out. All the all the different weird knockoff shows had happened, you mm. know. So, you, like, I, I remember watching Tales from the Dark Side, and w that's another one. Did uh, any one of you ever watch that Tales of the, from the Dark Side movie? No, I haven't. You haven't? No. It's a lot of fun. It's it's. I don't know that it's very good, but it's R Romero, right? 
Um, I don't remember now. I know that like some of the stars in it are just like it's it's sort of insane. It's it's got Debbie Harry in a mm. frame in a frame story. Uh, it's got uh oh shit, what's her name? Uh, is it Grace Chung? Um, uh, I'm not uh, sure. The the uh, what's his name? Uh, from Cheech and Chung, his his daughter. Oh, uh, what is it? Grace Chung. Let me see here. I forget. Anyway, I, I am I am probably not getting her name right. Anyway, uh, a very young um, uh, Julian Moore. Mm. Uh, what's his face from from uh, Mr. Robot? Uh, pump up the volume, Christian. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, th- we should definitely take a take a look at that then. Maybe I don't know. I, it it like October's getting like super stuffed already. Yeah. Also, uh, I think Ty wanted to um, come back and do uh, Vampire Clay, which is on Tubi. Oh, cool. All right. Well, we should wrap up. This is getting. We'll be. It'll be out of October by the time we're done. <laughs> Wake me up when October's over, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So I think, sadly, um, uh, Kurt Kurt said that uh, he was just coming back, and um, whoops, yeah. you, you don't say that in a scary movie, do you? <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll 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 have to go look for him out in the woods, in the darkened woods now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, like Chris, Kurt, if you can, it, you know, I just wanted to get it out there. Uh, Kurt, we really appreciate you coming by. Uh, Kurt's on the other side now. Oh, no. Like the chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, Chris, thanks for for coming by and and talking about this. Mm -hmm. Everyone out there, uh, thanks again for listening in. And we'll catch you next time here on Graveside. Graveside.